I'm getting excited to try it now. As soon as you said barrels are pissing on each other, I'm really excited to try this. Well, with that, let's go to the urinal puck and take some notes. All right. Welcome, everyone, to episode 71 of The Mashup, the best bourbon conversation you're going to hear all week long. We're your hosts, Anthony and Stephen. Hello, fellow. Hello. What are you doing, brother? I feel like I haven't seen you in a minute. Drinking a bourbon. Drinking a bourbon. Hope you got something good in your cup. We'll see. Yeah. Do you call it a cup? Can you call it a cup or not? It's got to be a glass. No, I don't call it a glass. This okay. is a, this is a Glen Karen. A Glen Karen. <laughs> I'm over here all ghetto like. No. <laughs> what you got in your cup, brother? <laughs> it's official. I'm calling it the official word. All right. There yeah. you go. But really, what have you been up to lately? I actually went to my first PGA event. Okay. I yeah. like it. Went to the Barbersall. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's here. And that's out in Nicholasville, right? Yeah, they had it this year. I think, yeah, they had it out in Nicholasville. And I think now it's actually going to become a bigger, a bigger tournament. I think oh, it's. Like, I think they're going to make it feed into the open like that. The way oh, they did cool. this year, it's is pretty it, exciting. Is it considered to be like? I know it's a lot of it's professional golf, yeah. but is it like what do they consider that? Is that like corn fairy tour? Or what is it considered? Do you know? Um, like I said, this is my first one, oh. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't get too technical on the questions here. <laughs> Damn it, <laughs> we know we know this that it was not the British Open in Kentucky, right? Or the Masters? The Masters. It wasn't either of those tournaments, but it was a golf uh, event. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So what you what do you think, man? Was it was it fun? It was pretty awesome. Uh, I came away with a couple couple points. Okay. Uh, so I went with my, my son. I think I've said he's big into golf. That's how we met. Remember, we, yeah. we've told yeah, people right. that before. So, yeah, we met at a youth golf clinic with mm-hmm. our son. So, yeah. yes. So we, we got off the bus, and right away we got food and beverage. And so uh, we got the, the quarter pound hot dog. <laughs> Wait a minute! It's, it's I mean, like, I, you, I mean, everyone knows when you go when you go to the when you go play golf, you get the hot dog around yeah around the turn, right? That's a nice hot dog, but a quarter is that a quarter pound? It's a quarter pound, all Dang. beef. So you think of a you think of a hamburger quarter pound? Oh, it's not that big. You yeah. get it in hot dog form. That it's, thing, that thing's yeah. got, that thing's girthy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not a, it's no joke, right? No. <laughs> got it's, it's got to handle it and everything. Stretch, yeah. stretch the jaws to eat that thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! So so we did that. You know, we ate and walked because we had to walk a little bit to get to like the main area. Oh, of course. This was at, obviously at a private golf course yeah. around like a golf community. Mm-hmm. It's got to be awesome for the people that live there because they're all just kind of like I can imagine having a fun weekend. Like you just have. You know, a couple of people crash at your house. Yeah. You just grill out and go out on your back deck and you're it, just that's exactly right. They were out in the back deck with a, oh, like a pool party or they would just walk out onto the course. Yeah. And just kind of walk along or just go back to their, oh, their house. And that's that's a life. See, I know. That's, what a, you know, when you're always like, why would I live on a golf course? What's the benefit? Well, if you live on one where they're having a professional no event, yeah. <laughs> then you got something to really look forward to. So now the, the ultimate amateur question I have for everyone. Oh, okay. I can't wait to hear this. How do you watch a, a professional golf tournament in person? I went there not thinking about it. And so we start walking and I'm like, how do we actually watch this? <laughs> like... I would get kind of bored and he would get very antsy very fast if we yeah. just sat at like a hole mm-hmm. and just watch people go by. So we ended up just walking the course, you know, we watched some people tee off, we watched some people 
putt. We watched some people yeah. approach, and then we just keep walking. That probably worked out better for you than like, I mean, I, I've been to, I'm trying to think if I've been to more than one event, but I know I've at least been to Firestone, um, the World Golf Championship oh, wow. in Firestone. That's a big deal. Yeah, like if you're in Northeast Ohio, a lot, everybody in Northeast Ohio has probably been there. So it's probably not special to them, but it was special to me. So layoff. Mm-hmm. But I remember like I went with my dad. We kind of like parked it at certain holes and watched. And then like if if a golfer was ever close enough to us, we would try to like get their attention and stuff like that. Occasionally, like when a guy's like give you a wave or something or like, like hey, yeah, what's up, buddy or whatever. But some of them would just ignore you, too. That's kind of what we did. But I think with your son, he's eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably better that you guys walked around or else probably get bored real quick. Now, uh, I went when I was older. Right. Yeah. And so I asked the guy at work. Uh, he actually went. And what he did, he went, he went there in the morning and started watching the groups tee off. And then eventually found a group that thought they would, they would want to follow and ended up just following them. And, and they actually happened to follow the winner. Oh, really? Of all, of all people to follow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But now that makes me think like all those packages they have, I don't know, you know, some of them are quite expensive, but yeah. if they include food, I don't know what they include. If they have some benefit and you stay there all day. Oh, yeah. That might, I mean, besides having the chair and the, and the shade mm. and the food, you know, there could be some benefit to that. No, definitely. I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the time I got to go to the the one up in Akron, I think my uncle got us the tickets and there was like a tent where you could, you know, mm-hmm. eat whatever you want. I don't know if it was drink whatever you want. I don't know if I, I didn't really drink a lot then. And so I wasn't like, you know, going there thinking like I want to pound all the beers, right. and do, you know, but it would be beneficial. I think if, you, if it came with beer, that'd be a different story. Yeah. But so a successful experience overall. What was your favorite part of it? Like, I mean, if you had to pick one thing. Dad wise, I'll just say like he actually, I think he actually had a pretty good time, so it was like a good thing to bring him to. Oh yeah, yeah. so like the the experience that your son was having, like where just seeing like he was like yeah, he was in awe a little bit of That's it. Awesome. So that, that was pretty cool. Besides that, there was a random uh, fawn that came out onto the course oh. between <laughs> groups and 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 was on the course for I'm going to say five minutes, frantically running around because I had no idea where the exit was. <laughs> a raging deer. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah it probably screwed everybody up because you know golf being all serious you got to be like you know quiet please and then this deer just comes running out and yeah. tries to maul people <laughs> that's awesome. we were right, i got it on i got it on video and everything it's pretty oh, funny that's hilarious so but yeah that was the uh that was our little outing awesome man well that's cool so uh we had another shout out this week uh we did and actually uh, this shout out came to us from Evan from Westchester, New York. Oh, it sounds familiar. Yeah, I know. So this is Evan, a.k.a. Whiskey Man. I think it's Irv. So I feel like I'm starting to get to know this guy, um, Evan, because he interacts with us on, on uh, Instagram pretty often. Yeah, he does. And he's got a pretty good presence himself, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like like his content and things he puts out there, he's, he's drinking a lot of good stuff. But he said, just want to say thank you for providing excellent content. He said, I just finished listening to all your episodes. Dang. Get a gold star, man, for that. Good job. He said, oh, wait, looking. Wait. Golf clap. <laughs> Golf clap. Ah, there you go. You hear it? <laughs> he said, looking forward to more great episodes to come. Cheers. So that's awesome. Thank you. We appreciate you up there from Westchester, New York. So check out Whiskey Man or if you get a chance. And thank you for the nice five-star review and the kind words. We really appreciate it. We do. Thank you. If anyone wants a shout-out, just leave us a review on Apple Podcast, and we'll give you a shout-out next time we record. So, Anthony, for this week, we have a bottle of Blade and Bow. Yeah, here we go. So this one, Blade and Bow Bourbon, comes to us from the Stetzel Weller Distilling Company 
in Louisville, Kentucky. I know some of you are probably thinking, wait, Stitzel Weller, the old school, right? Well, we're talking about the new one from Diageo and, uh, you know, probably Bullet. But the bottle date is, I think, about 2018. The ABV on this one is 45.5, 91 proof. The age is non-age dated, but there is this whole Solera aging process that we'll talk about here in a moment. The mash bill on this one is undisclosed. The MSRP is $50, but if you're in the Lexington area, this one's on the shelf regularly for about 44 to 50 bucks. And I might have a reason to say why sometimes you find it um, under MSRP, but we'll, we'll get to that once we taste it and talk right. about it. Well, right off the bat, I would say the bottle stands out. Yep. I would agree with you. It's a, it's a unique bottle and, um, just the hard points of the, uh, of the corners on it, I would say make it stand out. Yeah. I don't know that. Have we ever seen a bottle like this in all the episodes we've been doing? Have you, and, and how many sides are there? Is so there it's six, one, it's six sided, six sided. Okay. And, um, so you can kind of see, you can see the, the thirds where the lines are. It almost looks like panes of glass to me, like yeah. different panes of glass. I'm looking at this thing, and it's talking about, well, it has a key hanging off of it. Gimmick. Gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> but that key hanging off it, if you look around the bottle, we have on each of these little panes of glass we're talking about here, we have an explanation of the different keys or different things about the whiskey. But it's pretty interesting. So it says the five keys of Blade and Bow once hung on the front door of the iconic Stitzelweller Distillery. These heavy brass keys represented the five steps of crafting bourbon and symbolized the art of making the world's finest whiskeys. Dang. I mean, that there is... Maybe it wasn't a gimmick. Maybe not. I mean, <laughs> when you talk about a story like that, I'm actually kind of like, I mean, I'm really excited. You are, I can tell. <laughs> I mean, I might jump out of the chair here. Um what do you think? What else do you think about this bottle? I like the bottle. I like, I like the shape of it. It looks looks very nice with the amber color from the bourbon, and then it has a really really solid regal like blue and gold color. But there's something really about the blue and gold that like looks great. It does. It looks. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's just modern like chic look. You know what's interesting? You say that that it's modern chic, but when I look at it, do you think that if you, I I'm going to go out on a limb here because. I do not have a lot of experience with Dusty's, and I know you don't either. But the way that the circle logo is on the front almost looks retro to me. And I saw your face, for those of you, because it's a podcast, you can't see. To me, it looks retro because I almost like associate it with something from the 70s is the way it looks to me. That's weird because, okay, so it's a circle, and then it has these five little points that kind of come out from it. Those are the keys again? I guess that's the keys. It almost looks like a firefighter like emblem I mean, how they have the circle and the little points, little nubs that come out of it. You are 100% correct. And that's probably why I'm thinking retro because like, I don't no offense. We love firemen and policemen and every other public servant out there, but their logos, the logos look old Yeah, because they've been around they've for been a long around time. For yeah, exactly. Life, yeah. And it does remind me of that. Maybe that's why I'm thinking um, retro when I look at this, something too, like this is going to be really, really strange. I don't know. For some reason, when I look at this bottle, it reminds me of my grandfather's house. I mean, it does look like a decanter. Is that what it is? Yeah, it must think, be the decanter yeah, it's, it's, feel to it's, it. It's got a wide, sturdy base. Yeah. And then it goes up to a really, like, like elegant, like, neck. Yeah. And so it kind of looks like a decanter-esque shape yeah. and just sitting there. And I can see, you know, 
if your grandparents had it in their, in their yeah. dining room, just sitting there with a couple rock glasses right next to it. I think that's what it is. My grandma and grandpa, that, that on mom's side of the family, they had a lot of like wood in their house, yeah. like the paneling. Yeah. And then they had like the like antique looking wood floors. And they had these china cabinets with like crystal and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And for some reason, this is just capturing the feels of that. So I don't know what it is. So the yeah. bottle, bottles reminded me of it's of got my a lot going on, huh? <laughs> but it is simple. And I like, yeah. and, and like you said, the key description in there, it's like screen printed. I don't know if it's screen printed or what, but it's actually on the glass itself. It's not a, I don't think it's a sticker. Yeah. It doesn't look like anything would be cheap to produce. Let's no, put it yeah, that way. So, so the only stickers are on the front and, and the government warning. The rest of it's kind of like, I don't know what it's called. It's screen printing on, on the actual glass. Yeah. No, like definitely. It. Definitely yeah. a nice looking bottle. And yeah. So, Stephen, I mentioned that this is coming to us from the Stetzel Weller Distillery. Do you know anything about the Stetzel Weller Distillery? Well, I know that uh, it's old. Yes. And that if you find anything with that on there, you want to get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm here all night. Oh, <laughs> that's that's the best that's the most simple way to put it right so everybody talks about what you need to know about stitzel weller all you need to know is if you find stitzel weller juice old school stuff buy it right yeah um that was great that was so eloquently put thank you but but i'm sorry i can't stop laughing many people in the whiskey world regards that's weller distillery as the place that you know started you right so you got right. weller uh, pappy van winkle all the all the names everyone's heard about. all the names yeah. everyone's heard even though it's gone through many generations and iterations and many of the labels you see today like for example like rebel yell that's what luxro mm-hmm. that was once distilled yeah. that's a weller there's many names i just pulled that one for example because i know they they made some rare runs that some people have bottles of that are very very highly sought after but anything that's stitzel stitzel juice is what they would say from that time period from when that distillery is operating is highly sought after stuff what happened was is diageo the parent company um you know of bullet and orphan barrel and a lot of other brands that that people would know in the whiskey world they they took over they bought that stitzel property there in louisville and have revamped it and they're going to restart the still do we know if it's going to produce the same kind of magic I don't know, but they're 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 milking it for all it's worth. I yeah, mean, I don't I don't think it's like a like it's a cast iron pan that's been passed on generations. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. I think there might be something missing from that. Like this can't start right back up. Yeah, I, I, I would think so too. But I mean, it's really you know they call it now what like the Stitzel Weller distilling experience mm-hmm. when you go there, and so many of the brands that you may or may not like and associate historically with them is different from what it is now, which is that it's diageo owned and it's very centric or focused on their brands yeah the other thing that is interesting about this is so i mentioned when we were talking about the specs in this bottle there's the solera aging process which distilling yeah distilling process that's what it is right so i didn't have enough time to research what it was about but uh what what do you i got your back then okay all right yeah here we go so i think this process is very popular i think when they make uh, vinegars really yeah okay and so think of it as a barrel pyramid. This is going to be your working man's description of it. Okay. Yeah. So you got, you got a pyramid of barrels, right? You got your old stuff up top. Okay. Pinnacle, and then you got your uh, 
you got your light whiskeys down down the very bottom, right? Okay, so just just distilled stuff, right? And so all these barrels just are pissing on each other. <laughs> really? Is no, that the way? That's you the way it works. It. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have the good stuff up on top. Okay. That eventually seep its way all its the way, way down. down through. Let's say like let's say like the twenty the twenty five year old <laughs> stuff, and then the twenty year old stuff, okay. and then the eighteen year old stuff. The 15 just gets all through there. So when it gets down to the bottom level, the bottom levels can say, we've got old, we've got old juice in us. Okay. So that is your uh, working man's description of it. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's the way it goes on with this stuff, but I love it. I mean, that's a really good way of putting it. So are you meaning to tell me right now that the marketing literature that says that this whiskey contains the remnants of old stocks that were originally from the Stitzelweller distillery. There's some truth to that. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I guess it lives on forever in the barrel. That's I don't, true. I don't, I don't know how, I don't know what the top of the pyramid here is, how old it is. It could they be have, one half of 1% that of is true. really old stuff. That's possible, right? Yeah. So yeah. they say it, I guess percentage wise is in there. Oh man. Well now, I'm getting... I mean, but then I say that and then what's a recent thing we had the uh, OKI reserve yeah. And that was the kitchen sink. That was, yeah. It was and a it bunch was of, awesome. It was good. And it was a lot of stuff in there that we were surprised that made it awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, what, who were you to say? I, I, I'm getting excited to try it now. As soon as you said barrels are pissing on each other, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to try this. Well, uh, with that, let's go to the urinal puck and take some notes. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I mean, if we don't pick the same thing up on the nose here, I'd be really shocked. One... Two, three, bananas. bananas. Yeah. Okay. Man, that's very strong, like almost like a sweet banana, like a banana foster. Mm-hmm. Um, chocolate, banana, chocolate, soda. Well, soda, a little bit of oak, a little bit of ethanol. But as it's sat in the glass, it's kind of dissipated. It's very uh, pleasant, though. So you're saying a little oak? I'm not, yeah, I'm not getting a ton of oak. I don't know if my oak sniffer is off tonight. Like uh, it's not overwhelming. Maybe what's there is just strong. Mm. You know, maybe that little bit of old stock that trickled down is is maybe just really it. really strong oak smelling. It was a 1968 <laughs> Old Fitzgerald that's made it into this bourbon. Old Fitzgerald was produced at Stitzelweller as well. Um, not to get too far into it. So, anything else out of this? No, I am getting some kind of uh, antique smell antique wood smell so maybe i'm not that's what it was i wasn't getting the oak but i'm getting like an antique okay. wood and for those of you guys who don't know what antique wood is it's probably not on the fl- <laughs> the palette wheel or whatever the heck of literature is out there it's when you walk into an antique store and you smell old wood um that's what i'm talking about so when we when we uh, first started with talking about this bottle we talked about the keys right we said mm-hmm. gimmick like what other bottles that kind of a similar like physical thing they kind of attach to it that people like kind of like collect them all in a way i mean there's one that comes to mind of course it's just blends, blends yeah. right yep. is, there, is there another one that we can think of you know i can't think of any and maybe that's bad i don't know if you've thought of any but i keep thinking about like the different bourbon like collector edition bottles that have different pictures on yeah. them or things like that that's kind of what i see more than like a physical takeaway right. object like the maker's yeah. Yearly releases, or like maybe like the Woodford Derby, mm-hmm. or like the Blanton's Internationals. Oh yeah, people were crazy trying to collect those. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that, and uh, even Yellowstone had something recently 
where they had like a national parks thing where they had different bottles that you could get. And um, I think Bullet actually had like tattoo editions for, for different cool. uh, cities and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting, though, because I'm a weirdo, just so you guys know. Um, I got a Angel's Envy store pick recently. You know how they hang the wings from there? Have you ever seen that Angel's Envy store picks? They have like metal wings hanging from them. No, I don't think I have. Yeah, they're not like um, they're not like numbered, or they don't have anything special significance. They're just kind of like uh, the hood ornament of the bottle, just like this, right? And so they're like a pair of wings that hang over the neck. And Is it like there. locked on to the bottle? No, it's just kind of like that's on what a, I hate. On a I rope. hate when picks are a simple tag instead of something that's affixed to the bottle. Yes, because well, that they, could easily be just transferred to like another. But or they, if it falls off and someone doesn't care and it's added to the bottle. It's an addition to the tag, though. They do have a tag on okay, the bottle. Okay, there's something but there. But I jokingly took that Angel's Envy wings and made it into a piece of jewelry and gave it to my wife. And she was like, <laughs> what is the matter with you? And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you know, I couldn't stop, right? You know, it was like, yeah, what do you do? Like, so what do you do with these keys? You collect them. They have like a... There's five of them. There's five there's, keys. They're numbered. I guess, you know, if I wanted the bottle, I know what keys I have. I guess I'll be on the lookout. And then once you collect them, what happens? Do you get an original bottle of Stitzel Weller <laughs> distillate? You know, I don't know. It's like, I think what Blanton's, once you spell it out, I think you can mail it to them and for free they'll send you. They're uh, supposed to put it in the stave for they, you, They'll right? send you the stave yeah. with yours back. Does that happen anymore, though, or is that a myth now? That, like, I don't, I'm still collecting them, so I don't know. Well, they, I, hope you, <laughs> I, hope you, I hope it's not a myth because... I mean, Buffalo Trace, like, I can imagine it can, like, barely sell their bottles in the morning without, like, beating people out of line over there. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to, like, take your Blanton's toppers and put them in a stave and give them back to you. That, I mean, if they do it, I, I got them. So I'd I love mean, to yeah, send like them said, it's, it's just hearsay for me. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Let's go for a first taste. All right. Okay. There's definitely a lot of caramel. Standard bourbon note. The banana comes over. Yeah. And... There is a little bit of astringency mid palate that's like a little bit of like, oh, I'm not sure if I like the taste of that. There is a decently long finish. There is, yeah. especially for 91 proof. It doesn't really, it comes to that point of burning, but it doesn't cross it. Mm-hmm. It's actually not a bad sip. Yeah, there's not much there in the taste besides what you, I mean, I have nothing to add to what you just said, but. Yeah, very caramel, like a little bit of char, a little bit of oak. But, like, there's almost a, when I say astringent, I don't want to say bitter, just the alcohol astringency that hits you, like, mid-back, tongue. Mm-hmm. And then the finish is pretty good. It's a nice little Kentucky hug. Yeah. But a finish of what? What's left in your mouth now? Just kind of heat. Yeah. yeah. It's not really a pleasant taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Color-wise, too, is not, it's almost like a, what would you consider that to be? I'm looking at it now. It's almost like a... Is it like a golden color? Yeah, look, the bottle and, and what's in the glass are two different things. Yeah, in the glass, it looks like golden. Yeah. It's very light. Right. It's lighter than I expected yeah. it to be. In the glass, yeah, it has that, that real honey look. Honey. That's a good way to describe and, it. And in the glass, it's more of a golden yeah. color. I'm going to have to just say this, even before past try and buy, I like nosing it better than I like the taste of it. Yeah, that's probably fair. I can't remember... I've had this in the past. I can't remember if I've had it over a nice ball or not. I was going to say you've, uh, you told me you've, ta- I've, I've tasted it. I can remember where I've had Blade and Bow. It's uh, two friends that I grew up with, Mike, my buddy Mike, and mm-hmm. his brother Dave. They, uh, Mike, lived in Kentucky for a little while. 
he used to bring Blade and Bo around quite a bit. I noticed his brother did as well, but his brother's a big Jim Beam fan. So I'm not sure if he drinks it anymore, but that's that's probably the last time I've had it, and that was a long time ago. That was probably 2016 or 17. Wow. Yeah, so I don't I don't have any recollection of what I tasted then versus what I'm tasting now. Yeah, there was a, there was a period I had several bottles of these, and I just almost my daily drinker. For a little while, because I had so many of them. Really? Yeah. And I think at the time, I was probably mixing with the ice and stuff. Okay. They were good. I mean, it was good. But yeah, I remember the banana being being forward on these things. Yeah. So. I guess I'm so shocked. Like, where do you think the banana comes from? Do you think they were taken? Because here's the one thing that I will say. When we say undisclosed mash bill, Diageo, Bullet, Blade and Bow, whatever you want to call it, they were getting contract distillate from everybody. <laughs> from Barton, from Four Roses, <laughs> from all over the place. So what's in this actual bottle is probably a myriad of many Kentucky distilleries. Well, Anthony, would you pass, try, or buy on the Blade and Bow whiskey? I know I toil over things at times, and mm. people are probably like, why are you toiling over this? I kind of want to see what you think, because the reason why I want you to go first here, a very specific reason, you said that you drank this before. Yeah. You've tried many more bourbons. That's true. I was just thinking that. Now than you have. And that's the thing. I remember having favorite drinkers that I revisit sometimes. And I'm like, that was good. And I have other ones I revisit. And I'm like, did I really like that? Or I just didn't try enough. So well, I'm going to hear your take first. I've got a complex answer. Oh, okay. All, All right. right. I like complexity. The Just on the pour alone, I could go either way on a try or buy. Okay. I know that's not a good answer. If you can get this for the lower end price, yeah, and you have a a bar cart, okay, I think it is a attractive bottle probably to have on the bar cart. Okay, I think it's probably good by itself and mixing or put it on ice. Yeah, but to get to your answer, definitely a try. Definitely a try. Yeah, definitely okay. A try. Okay, that's fair enough. And um, I'm actually going to agree with you 100. percent I'm going to try to make mine short and sweet here. Okay, so. I know a little bit about advertising and marketing, like enough that I've taught the class, the intro class and stuff like that when I, uh, you know, have my duty as a professor. And I kind of view Blade and Bow in today's market is almost like an eroded brand. And the reason why I say that is because nobody's ever talking about it. You know, I know many people are like, Elijah Craig's my daily drinker, or, you know, I drink Weller Special Reserve. Or, uh, you know, I drink wild turkeys, you know, Russell single barrel or wild, you know, rare breed. You know, you keep going down the list. I never hear a lot of the circles that I run. It doesn't mean that Blade and Bow isn't good. But I never hear people saying like, oh, I love Blade and Bow. I might even hear them say like Bullet 10 or other Diageo products. But I never hear anything about Blade and Bow unless it's the 22-year-old. Right, the 22-year-old. And the 22-year-old version of this is like a $400 bottle of retail, right? Yeah, it's expensive. And then secondary is six, $700, and I've never tasted that. If I ever get the chance to, maybe it'll change my opinion. But yeah. if this bottle, and I'm going to say try, I'm going to say try, but if this bottle was worth more than what it retails for, then it would sell for that. Um, I feel like the fact that you can usually find it. It's easy to find. Easy here, to find, but, here, but anyway. then you see it even discounted from its MSRP under, meaning that, you know, it's like, I don't want to 
pull one out of thin air, right? You might pay thirty dollars for seventeen ninety two small batch, but well, I mean, if you're getting a good deal, you're paying twenty three twenty four for it. Just same thing, like if you go get Woodford somewhere or Maker's Mark. So I'm, that's not a fair thing to say. It's not all about price, but the reason I'm a solid try is because I like the sip I'm having tonight, and I like the idea. I just, I don't know. I just don't know if I'd go out and. Are you saying you never hear about it? I mean, how many people heard of McKenna before it won the award? And it was just sitting there. That's a fair point. And this could just be one that's just sitting there and yeah. maybe hasn't had its time in the, in the spotlight. That's possible. You know what? You're 100% right. And I, I shouldn't be presumptive and presumptuous in saying that I think that because people don't talk about it, it's eroded or anything else. I just feel like I personally would probably reach for other Diageo products oh, yeah. before uh, I'd buy this one, even though I feel like this is supposed to be featured as like, a flagship product that's not just a regular product. It's a premium product, right? It approaches that $50 price range, so it's competing with some heavyweights. So that's that's where I'm at. I'm really torn on this bottle. The price puts it a little high. Yeah. But you said you enjoyed it. Just There wasn't, there wasn't just much in the, in the palate. It was just it was a good sniffer, and it was, yeah. it, was, it was a good drink. Yep. But it's not. I mean, if you're looking for complexity, it's not going to really be there. Yeah. But I, you know, it's a solid average drinker to me. Right. With yeah. a good looking bottle. With a really nice looking yeah. bottle and a fancy key. Yeah. And know what other bottle of theirs I really like? Which one? Which we may have to review that the 15 year old oh, IW Harper. Oh, IW Harper. Now yeah. That bottle. Mm. Is it good? Well, I don't know. That bottle, though. The bottle is, oh, no, the bottle is second to none. Yeah. You talk about 70s decanter. That, that's dead. That thing dead is dead. It's looking good. And with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Mashup KY. Also, let us know your thoughts in this bottom comment section. Until next time, keep it neat.